Hi guys, welcome to Have a Chat, a place where we have a chat. On this podcast, we'll be covering a range of topics that are close to our hearts. From business and parenting to mindset, relationships and balancing it all. We'll also be interviewing amazing people to share their life stories. Let's get into it. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I hope you're all having a nice day so far. Yes, I am. <laughs> How's your week been, Kurt? It's been good. It's been extremely busy. It um, has been. They'll know now what we're doing, so you can actually talk about it. Yeah, it's just hectic. You'll probably know what's going on, but the... you can you can announce it on here. Not everyone who listens to the podcast watches a YouTube, has um, us on Instagram. Yes, the old shop front situation, the Renault is yes. just taking out up of a lot of our time. Well, yeah, it is. And then I've just decided to do a bit more than just. Yeah, decided to do a bit Which more. is good because it's saving us a lot of money. And plus it's fun. Like I actually, I feel like you like it too. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. If like, you've got time, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. With, it's when you're, when you're rushed, it's shit. Yeah. It's like when we ran out of our house, I was rushed. I hated every minute of it. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like you're enjoying this more. Yeah, this is probably enjoying more. Yeah. And there's not so much to do, whereas I feel like the house running, there's a lot to do. But we have officially already laid the flooring, yeah, done the skirting boards. Dodgier too. Done the corking. <laughs> <laughs> and now, yeah, we're just kind of umming and ahhing whether we want to paint. paint. Yeah, whether we want to paint the actual front ourselves or whether we want to get help with doing that. They're taking the sign. There's a bit on, actually. There is a bit on. But it's really fun. I'm loving it. Yes. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's definitely looking... It was this looked like a piece of shit shot before. It did. We've, it's it's honestly changed so much. If you haven't watched the video and want to see like the difference that we've done to it, um, it's pretty major. It's a pretty big difference. Yeah. Um, other than that, we are actually officially back in lockdown at the moment. Yeah, it's pretty so, good. It's yeah. good to be back. <laughs> Lasted for, what, two weeks, I think? But that's just life right now. And, you know, we're just trying to make the most out of it. I think I like lockdown. I spend way less money in lockdown. You do? I just... And I feel like you exercise more in lockdown too. Nah. Nah? I'm, I'm, that's my biggest downfall. I, I feel hate... like I do because I have you around more to be yeah, like, Kiara, I hate come not... work out with me. I hate not going to the gym. Yeah. But it is what it is, isn't it? It sure is what it is. Now it's time for questions of the week. So the first question is the best advice you can give for a small business to get more sales. It is just consistency on social media. I swear that is it. It makes a big difference. And I also as well think that it's like being clear of like who you are, sticking in your own lane, not trying to copy what everyone else is doing. Like I feel like... Um, you know, I feel like I've gone through phases where I've like tried to switch up the type of things we sell and it doesn't go as well. Like I think just being clear on what you're wanting to do. Um, and yeah, like Kurt said, just being consistent and showing up every day. Yeah. I swear like marketing is the, probably the biggest key. Yeah, for sure. The next one is how are you guys going? Yeah. Busy. Busy, but I love it. I love being busy. Yeah, I am a weirdo. Like nothing wrong with it at all. No, nah, it's like exciting and it's fun and like I'm just so excited for this next chapter. I feel like once we kind of get in there, it's going to be a lot more exciting. Whereas at yeah. the moment, it's kind of like just trying to get everything done so we can get in there. Yeah. Um, but I feel like once we set up just even the office space and we're not kind of going back and forth between the house and that so much, it'll yeah. be really, really good. Yes. What about you? How do you feel? Good. Yeah. Yeah, it is really good actually. It's um. Yeah, it's good. I'm not too much time to think about anything else. You just <laughs> but it's exciting. Like Kurt's been even waking up in the morning, and being like, "I've been dreaming about like all this stuff," and so have I. Like, yeah, it's just been on my mind so you much. You want it done fast, but then you don't because you 
yeah, you you want to do it right. Yeah. Okay. The last one, so it's a bit of a naughty one. Have the kids ever walked in on you guys while doing sexy time? No. Nah. No, nah, they haven't. Ever. No. Nah. Yeah. Let's keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> on today's podcast, we have the beautiful Beck. Beck is mum to Lily and on today's podcast is being super vulnerable with us in sharing her way through grief and loss. Thank you so much, Beck, for coming on today's podcast. Well, firstly, thank you so much, Beck, for coming on today's podcast. I feel like your story is going to help so many people out there that have experienced the same story going through something similar at the moment. And it's so brave of you to share something so vulnerable. Um, so we, Kurt and I, know a bit about you, but mm-hmm. we'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, thank you. Well, first of all, can you guys hear, hear me okay? Yeah. 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 Um, I just want to say thank you guys for yeah, having me on. It's, um, it's really awesome to be chatting. Um, and I really feel like it's, um, yeah, it's a special thing for me to be able to share my experiences because I know that there's actually too many women that have gone through um, what what I have, um, but yeah, I suppose first of all, uh, yeah, my name's Rebecca, or everyone calls me Beck. Um, I love having a chat, so um, anyone that knows me knows that. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's that's the easy part for me, the chatting part. But um, yeah, like I think, um, yeah, so my name's Beck. I'm 31, and um, I'm a mum to Lily. She's just turned six actually um, on Monday. And um, I was a widow, um, 2017 is when, when my husband passed away. Um, and Lily at the time was 16 months old. So um, yeah, nothing really prepares you for, you know, we were married in 2016. We'd had Lily the year before um, and then nothing prepared me for the next chapter, which was um, was widowhood. So yeah, that, um, that was sort of a bit of a timeline for me. It was sort of, yeah, 2015, 2016, 2017 is when sort of my life sort of, yeah, drastically changed. Um, but also um, on top of that, I've always been, I've been a nurse for 11 years now, um, always uh, passionate about the cardiac nursing side of things. Um, and, you know, on, on top of the nursing part of, of my um of my life was yeah, obviously becoming a mom and then getting married. Um, and James, um, when he passed away, it was actually from a cardiac arrest. So um, there's a lot of irony um, in what's sort of my, how my life's paved out. Um, and yeah, I think like um, that that side of the that side of my journey definitely I think has has led me to be more passionate about my job as a cardiac nurse. Um, and yeah, it's where I sort of really want to help share um, share my story and also my um, so my personal story and also my professional um, experience around all that. Oh wow! And when we heard your story, it really touched um, us. I first time I met you, I just thought you were such a bright, beautiful person. It was down at Maddie's house, I remember, and I was like, gosh, she's just like got such a beautiful energy about her. Mm-hmm. Um, and learning the hardship you'd been through, my heart just ached for you. Like, honestly, I think when you hear stories like that, being a mum myself and obviously being, you know, with Kurt for a long time as well, like you just put yourself in that situation and you go, holy shit, like you're a strong lady. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, look, um, you know, 
even when I talk to people about about my life and about you know our, our experience, um, I, I I nearly can't believe it myself. Um, to be honest, um, you know it's coming up to four and a half years ago now that um, that it happened, and um, yeah, I think like I think your brain does this protection thing where you know you can dissociate from it um and i again i think um a really helpful thing for me is i've always been able to or needed to talk about it um like from you know from the first few weeks and everything i really needed to sort of like unravel everything and and go through exactly what happened um and you know so in 2017 when it happened um, James had been working all day um, and uh, he sort of came home to Lily and I. He'd just actually been surfing after work um, and he came home. We've we'd had um, not breakfast, we've had dinner. We had Mexican. I remember the Mexican we had down, the local Mexican at Pottsville. Um, and, yeah, we, we were at home. We were playing with Lily on her mat and... Um, he sort of just all of a sudden fell flat onto his face and um i was thinking that actually that he was joking because he was sort of like uh i suppose like ruffling around as if he would with a child you know sort of how you like shake around and um and i tried and then he just wouldn't sit up so i tried to turn him over um and i realized that he sort of his eyes were open and he sort of was choking sort of sound wasn't really breathing properly um, and like I was uh, as lucky Lily was only 16 months so she didn't really know what was going on but um, I suppose me in the nursing game and having seen people have arrests before and have seizures like I wasn't sure whether it was a seizure whether it was um, whether it, what exactly at the time he, he also had asthma so whether it was an asthma attack um, but yeah, I remember sort of not being sure exactly at that time what it was. And then uh, eventually when I realised he wasn't breathing and wasn't, he's like, you know, I couldn't feel a pulse that I remember, um, I started giving CPR to him. Um, and so at that, at that point, I've always learned you, you sort of got to send for help. You can't just continue on what you're doing. You sort of got to find some sort of assistance. So I... Um, I remember grabbing my phone, calling the ambulance, putting it on speaker, and then they sort of talked me through a lot of things. Um, and then uh, my neighbours, there was an 80-year-old that's probably deaf on the right-hand side, so I was screaming out, they didn't hear. And then my on the left-hand side, there was another neighbour who was actually like about eight months pregnant at the time, poor darling, um, and she ran over and she actually helped me sort of sort the CPR, get James positioned, and she gradually took her over to her house. Um, and, um, yeah, so so that sort of was like the process of, like, you know, having a nice dinner um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's he's not moving, turn him, turn him over. Um, yeah, and I think I suppose just quickly on that too, like I think my way of, like, trying to make sense of all that, even right now, was to talk about it, as I was saying earlier, like to sort of, like, um, you never accept it as such, but you sort of like to try and like, all right, so is that really like to, to play catch up? Like you sort of, you know, it allows your brain to, um, and I remember just t- telling that story so so often that it 
I think helped um, it made it easier for me to talk about, obviously, but also um, to cope with it, you know. Um, so I think like, um, I think luckily for me, um, emotionally, um, by healing and things like that, it's helped me be able to, to go through the motions of explaining what happened. Um, <clears throat> but so I suppose back to when we were giving James CPR, so um, it, it, the ambulance took about 22 minutes to get there. Um, and I remember going through this with the doctors a lot, um, again, because they wanted to know how much time um, on, your, on the phone, it sort of comes up how many minutes. Um, yeah, so the ambulance got there um, and uh, yeah. Beck also forgot to add in and she wanted me to come back on and mention to you guys that the ambulance took 22 minutes too long. Her dad recommended that she go to the local council, so she emailed and made an appointment with the local MP. They discussed her personal and professional concerns about this area having poor response times for high, the highest priority, which is Category 1 emergencies, and that every minute makes such a difference. After some meetings and discussions, she was involved in the progressing of Pottsville Ambulance Station. Now Pottsville has an ambulance station and Beck actually graciously cut the ribbon on open day. And James Stoneplug has a lovely picture of himself with his surfboard waving. She's so thankful for the support of the local government. A local stonemason who gifted this to the station and in James's honour and to the New South Wales Ambulance Service for giving her the opportunity to be there on open day alongside them. Beck also recently had a friend call her and tell her that their friend was picked up from Pottsville Paramedics quickly after calling triple zero having a heart attack. He lives in a remote area and without this station may have taken a lot longer to respond to his wife's call. Now he's home doing really well. He congratulated us on supporting this very station for his positive outcome. Eventually like put the pads on him and all those sort of things. Uh, he was revived a few times, but then as they moved him onto the stretcher, they, he sort of lost his, his heart. He had an arrest again um, and um, I remember calling my mother-in-law saying like James is not very good you've got to come to the hospital um, it still gives me chills now to think about it um, and I remember calling my dad to come down um, to my house and um, he was like what do you mean like he's had a ask like dad I think dad thought he had an asthma attack too because I think I might have said heart attack and at that point I said heart attack but it, it was a cardiac arrest um, and I remember um, three ambulances that when, when you have um, when someone has a cardiac arrest or they're sort of like uh, it's a lights and siren situation the ambulance brings three ambulance so it's sort of it's sort of um, it's ultra confronting when three ambulances rock up to your house obviously um, and um, I remember there was like an amazing paramedic sort of talking me through everything and being like, you know, it's not looking good. Like he's, you know, it's really, um, he's, he's, he's brought back at the moment, but he's ventilated and me being clinical, I did, did know like, a, you know, a little bit about that at the time. Um, but as my dad sort of drove into the driveway, James was being wheeled out and he was like the color, the grayest of gray, like, um, and but I didn't remember this, but my dad told me that um, he, as he was getting wheeled out in the stretcher, yeah, he was like this just horrible grey colour. And dad was like, oh, well, like I wasn't ex sort of expecting that. Um, so those those sort of things, um, yeah, I was like, okay, this isn't going to be good. I've sort of, you know, was nearly preparing myself. Um, 
but then we got, got to the hospital, so we came to Tweed Hospital first, and um, he was alive. So he was ventilated. He was his heart was beating. Um, he, I got into the hospital. I got into the ambulance with James, and I I came to the hospital, um, and we arrived here. And um, he had a good blood pressure. He was still unconscious because he was ventilated at the time. Um, but he, it was, you know, it was looking promising in the fact that, you know, he he was he was alive, you know, um, and then eventually he got transferred when he was stable enough to John Flynn, where we had some cardiac sort of um, private health, and we could sort of get him into intensive care there, um, and that's where James was for six days, um, a few days in there where they were trying to bring him out of the um, out of the coma. We were there every day, sort of just with him, watching him. You know, um, he was ventilated. He was. They were just trying to work on things, um, and I was so hopeful. Like I was like ultra, like okay, this is amazing. Like you know, he's he's doing so well, um, and and unfortunately, eventually, um, they've just said to me, um, we can't bring him out of the coma. Um, his brain had had swollen, so when throughout that 22 minutes of when he was, um, you know, his heart wasn't beating, um, the brain function, so like from, from a clinical perspective, like every minute is brain tissue. So if you're not getting blood flow to your brain, pretty much um, his brain had, had um, you know, his brain damage started, his brain, I suppose death has started into his brain. So, um, and when someone has that, they sort of have a few seizures and things like that. So he, that was happening in hospital. Um, and even though that was happening, you just, you're just so hopeful. Like you know, you just, you just get this, um, yeah, this, this sense of like everything's going to be okay. Um, but you know, so yeah, like I said, day six, um, we were sort of said uh, as a, as a family, uh, we all got together. Um, and I should actually add too, so a bit of background of James's family is James is one of five siblings, so he was the middle child. So he has two, um, two older siblings and two younger siblings, and they're all a very close family. We're a very close family, even now, even though James is not here. We're like an ultra close family, um, and he... Uh, so three of his, no, four, all four of his siblings were overseas. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, and just, like, it's so, so bizarre how that was the case. So his, um, his two, his, well, the four of them were all away. They, half of them were over on, like, a five-month trip. So so his siblings, his, um, his three older siblings were on a on a trip overseas they've been to Canada and a few different like Europe and Italy and they've done like a sort of five month old long trip not five month old five month long trip <laughs> um and um you hadn't hadn't seen hadn't seen James for a, a long time yeah um so that's that's a huge um a huge life just works like yeah I don't know that's it's a very confusing part of it um the whole part's confusing but that that definitely um yeah I know that's that's really ultra difficult for his siblings um so he has yeah um Simon's his oldest brother um Pamela and Tom and then um Alice is his youngest sibling um 
and Alice, his youngest, she was on like a missionary, um, like a missionary for um, the Catholic school. So she was doing, I think she was in, um, what country was she in? I forget, but she was in a, one of the um, West, um, yeah, one of the countries that really needed a lot of, um, you know, support with the, the hunger and the crisis and the, you know, just, she was doing something really beautiful over there. Um, and James had already had his arrest before Alice left, but we encouraged her to go because we thought she'd, he'd be okay. Um, so, um, yeah, that that's, that's, that's a really challenging part for, for James's siblings who were just, they were just so close. Um, yeah. Um, so, so back to when that day six had happened, everyone was here. So everyone had eventually flown back from overseas. We were in hospital and um, the doctor had said to us, um, you know, look, uh, we can't bring him out of the, the coma. He's, um, he's got hypoxic brain injury from, from not getting enough oxygen. So, um, yeah, that that was a that that was a day. That was a um that was a, a like you sort of float around. You sort of um yeah, and I you know I think you do that for for about six months to a year I think. But that was when it starts. You sort of just like this. Um, I've I've explained it before to people. Like you get like a black cellophane over your face, and everything's just like everything just changes. The color changes. It's all warped and just all like um yeah. It, it was definitely, um, definitely, you, it just felt like a movie, like literally a movie scene. Um, so yeah, that, 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 um, that, that was um, the moment when we actually met, decided to um, support James to be an organ donor. Yeah. Um, and that's a really, um, that's been a really, what's the word? Um, positive decision, um, empowering decision, um, and a decision that we've we've never regretted to 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 um, support him to give this gift of life to to other people. Um, so James was 31. So and he you know was well, he'd had no no medical issues. Um, and then to think that you know, oh my gosh, like this he he's not going to be here anymore. Why would we not want to give him that decision, would that him that um, opportunity to to share his like beautiful, you know, organs and um, uh, yeah, that um, um, that 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 company. So donate life is the company. Um, they um, you know did some really supportive things for for us or particularly for Lily and I in that whole process they um she actually cut a lock of his hair off for me oh, wow. um yeah and she popped it in like a bag and um wrote a little note on it and um you know just those that that's something that you just sort of wouldn't I, at the time I wasn't thinking wouldn't about that nah. yeah um and she stayed with him for the procedure like we had we got given an option to um, to stay with him um, and, or, and walk him to the theatre, like into the theatre doors, to 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 give his organs. Um, and I've just recently done some work with Donate Life at work here at Tweed Hospital, 
and um, they were saying that they do like a procession. So staff actually do like a, a guard of honour or like a, they do like a, um, like a sort of tunnel of honour with all the staff and then allow the, the beds to sort of the, the donor to, um, yeah, they're like honoured um, to, to walk, yeah, into the theatre and um, they got, gave us that option, um, but I just, I couldn't do it. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I didn't do that with Lily and none of us ended up being able to do that. Um, I think that would have been very challenging. Yeah. Um, I know some families do do it um, and I've talked to even some staff that do the theatres and do the retrievals, the organ retrievals and things. Um, they said that's like really, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge for the families to do that. So um, I, I, don't, I don't regret that decision. Um, for not, you know, not doing it. Um, but you will, I, you know, you always, I always go to those places. Like, oh, what have I done? You know, but I, I, I think, um, you know, we, we, um, yeah, we were there for, for all up, up to that time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I think with, with James in ICU. So when someone's in intensive care, they're, they're ventilated, they're oxygenated they're like, they're pretty much like stabilised to like, and James was like, he looked like, I, I told you about the colour of him leaving my house, was like that yeah. grey colour. In intensive care, he looked perfect. Wow. Yeah. So that's why, and that's why it was worth me mentioning that because it's 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 such a mind fuck. Oh, <laughs> and, Yeah, like when you're sort of with them and you're like, oh, but like, he looks so perfect there. Like he's, you know, he had to have his shirt off most of the time. Like they had like leads on him, and you know, it's fit. You know, a young guy. And you're like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, gosh, you're not. And I was gonna ask you too, Beck. What's the difference between a cardiac arrest and a heart attack? Like, I don't know what the difference is between the two. Yeah, yeah, that's um, it's definitely something that isn't. Is it? Yeah, important to sort of. Um, differentiate against as well. So um, a heart attack is more of a circulation, so blood flow, your plumbing in your heart, um, if you were to have like some sort of plaque or build up in your in your arteries, you have a lack of circulation to your muscle of your heart. So then your heart muscle will have like an attack of uh, circulation disturbance or like, you know, you might have heart muscle death there. So um, that's called a heart attack when the circulation is um, obstructed, whereas a cardiac arrest is an electrical issue. So I like to meta I love a metaphor and I when I explain it to my patients even. Um, so the heart's like a house and then you've got like the plumbing and the electrics and then you've got you know your structure of your heart. Um, sometimes the structure of your heart can affect those things, um, like cardiomyopathy or um, you know, you can have like irregular heart rates, things like that. That wasn't James, that James didn't have any of those things. We still don't know what, what happened with James, but we we've done genetic testing, we've We've, um, you know, looked into these reasons, these whys, like, you know, but we still just, we, we haven't been given it, an, you know, um, an exact reason. Um, so, but, the, but a cardiac arrest is um, a, an electric sort of power outage or like an electrical disturbance in the heart. So, James, um, from, what, from what we assume, so because James fell down, and there was no monitor on him at the time. 
to say like this is exactly what caused it but when the ambulance got to the uh, to our house he was in what's called a vf so like it's a ventricular fibrillation it's a um it's a it's a non when your heart's shake it was shaking his heart was shaking so the electrics was all um was all yeah they were, it was just not working properly there was no discussion no talking from the top of his heart to the bottom so there was no blood flowing the pump was stopping type of thing mm -hmm. so um the ambulance said that he was in that sort of rhythm which means like if your heart sits at the bottom if your brain's above your heart if the heart's not pumping there's no blood flying up to your brain so your brain's pretty much starving of oxygen which is yeah. why you pass out um so um yeah that that's sort of the difference the blood flow versus the electrics okay yeah right. oh, no. so how do you um oh just like overcome like going like i don't even like i just makes me put my things my little things that i've got going on like just like nothing like how do you overcome something like this or how are you overcoming yeah. it yeah um so like i think for me i'm i'm a bit of a like a I've always been a, a, I suppose it sounds stereotypical, like a grateful sort of positive type of person. But I feel like if I allow myself to sit in my pit too much, mm -hmm. I I wasn't doing well. So um, like if I talk from like the early stages, from when when James passed away to even now my like strategy seems to be um keeping productive so if i'm productive in whatever i'm doing whether it's um you know keeping like so i'll talk from early stages we were living in Pottsville. we just bought our new house our first house we were renovating james had just sanded and and about to paint the back uh, backs of the granny flight room that we'd done and um and then the next that night he no the next day he this happened um so i was like all right so i'm gonna um continue this renovation with help from my from my brother-in-laws and and some um some amazing friends of mine um so so the like i think a real brief answer to that is product for me to keep productive actually allowed me to take back control of what was totally uncontrollable yeah. So yeah. it was like, all right. So um, I I like to have control. Like I'm a bit of a I like a bit of a control freak, I suppose, in in lots of ways. When your life like changes like that, it's like you, Becky, you are not control it. You are not in control of anything. Like it's yeah. like it's a rude awakening, which um, creates a lot of fear and creates a lot of like pushback and like, well, hold on, like anger, you know, all the grief emotions, anger, despair denial, um, all those things. Um, and I've never been an angry person, but I think angers um, like, can actually drive you into different emotions, a different can give you energy rather than, um, you know, sadness and despair can sort of, it nearly is more draining. Yeah. Um, so like, I think a big, like there's lots of parts of this, but yeah, so the productivity of like renovating and, you know, look, I, um, I had a, my best friend's husband, Frankie, 
um, he took some time off to help me demolish, like I um, demolition of my bedroom. Like we just we took all my bedroom out. We um, yeah, like I got I got on the jackhammer, put up some tiles. Like there's nothing more ther- therapeutic than that. Like just yeah. to get into everything and like just whack at walls and like that. That was um, that was hugely therapeutic for me. Um, and like I have the most amazing bunch of friends ever. <laughs> um, and like yeah, I think like oh yeah, leaning on them and 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 having such a um, yeah, like just a, a blanket of people. I just felt like yeah, I was hundred percent blanketed by by friends. I have incredible family. My mum and dad. Like I, I lived with them for a number of months. I couldn't go home for a while, um, but when I could go home, um, I had amazing friends. Um, and you know my in-laws to james's family just just incredible um you know another another thing i was exercise so i think that's that's a really um really important thing to um for me i think initially i couldn't do too much of it like um you know real real full-on sort of exercise but i actually linked up with with a lady a local lady um vanessa and I did Pilates with her, so she has a, a local Pilates studio, and she's actually gone through a um, a similar situation. She lost a, a, a boyfriend quite young um, to an accident, and I, I just found her. Like I don't, I, you know how life you just sort of link in with these people, and you're like, oh my gosh, like we were just meant to. I just kept finding people. Like I just, like like I was just sent. I was sent to all these right directions at the time just to like link up to people that I would have never normally chatted to. Um, and she was definitely one of those people where, um, yeah, I'd sit there with Pilates, Lily would come with me and, you know, she'd share her grief journey. Um, and, and yeah, um, that was a really um, beneficial and, and supportive, um, yeah, part of, of everything for sure. Beautiful. And do you have any advice for anyone else going through a loss like yours right now? Yeah, um, I think ask, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I think, you know, sometimes even when you don't know that you need help, just say yes. <laughs> um, if people want to be, people want to help, help support you. People want to be there. Um, I think prevention is better than cure. Like if you're not, if you're maybe just just coping, just just still have people around. Don't feel like you're being a burden and all those sort of things. Um, and I think counselling for me was a, a really supportive, um, you know, just a like a, a structured sort of time for me to say, okay, this is when. I, I can have my grief because sometimes you're like you feel guilty you're like well if I'm not if I'm like later on like you know even you know a year on you're like hold on like I can't I can't not be grieving today that's not fair um so I think like I tried to, to eventually like find those structured times to have like okay I'm gonna um you know, own how I'm feeling and acknowledge how I'm feeling, and I think like um, I did. I did a grief a grief group as well, um, 
with a friend of mine's, my be- actually one of my best friends, she lost her dad two weeks before jo- um, two, me- two weeks before James, sorry. Um, her name was Georgia, her, my friend's name was Georgia, we went to school together. And um, her dad, yeah, her dad passed away um, two weeks before. And that was a really, that's tough because you know, you, you, your best friend loses their dad and then I lost my husband. Um, I didn't have event like by that stage, I didn't have the capacity to sort of help support her the maybe the way I would have liked to have done. Um, and that, that that's something that has kept you know, that's that's um, that's a journey. We're still I'm still working on that, I feel with her. But um, my her mum actually, um, her mum and I went to a grief group um, together. And um, and that that group was actually really um, it was really beneficial. Uh, and as and as much as you don't want to go to a grief group, like she asked me, she was like, "Do you want to go to a grief group?" And I was like, "Oh my god, like, oh my god, no, I can't do that. Like, I'm not going to sit in a circle with tissues and be like, you know, and draw diagrams and like, oh my god, no, I can't." Yeah. But it actually like it it was it, it it's it was important like it was you know um yeah sometimes those things you just have to sort of do I think to um yeah to stop like again I find it hard to stop like for me I like to like go 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 all the time and distraction was a massive part of of what I thought well it was a part of my healing I that's how I coped with things distracting um but uh, something that the one of the grief the grief group um said to me was grief would um grief will demand your attention at some point so you can't ignore it you can't distract from it you can't um you know it's it's going to demand your attention eventually so um i think that was really good advice um and and i'm not trying to say that and i didn't take it on as a way that like you know um you have to sit in your pit or you don't have to sit there and you know but just like um nearly owe it to that person like I feel like um you know uh, by honoring them you don't have to sit and you know you know miss them or grieve for them all the time but just um honor them by you know having your moment of of um you know acknowledging that you're upset and you know self self-soothing or like nurturing yourself in a in a positive way um and then allowing yourself to to enjoy yourself as well. Um, yeah. And and that guilt is definitely a huge part of of it, um, of um, loss, particularly when I lost James because he didn't have Lily with him, and I, um, I really, you know, it's like why why him? Like why does why why can't he enjoy Lily? And why can't he, you know, um, and then to like you know, to overcome that part of it, I feel is where my journaling helped. So, yeah. um, and this, and again, here it comes again, the grief group, like that was the grief group. Like this is this group that I did not want to go to. I was like, oh my gosh, no, like I'm not attending this this thing. Um, they got us to do a, a gratitude jar, so a jar, and they cut up paper for us and we had to write little grateful things, um, not about the person we'd lost, but just about what we're grateful for. Um, and that gratitude jar, like, I'll be honest, I didn't probably use it too much at the time, but, um, it was, it was symbolic. It was like, it was really, uh, like it it was not symbolic. What's the word? It was, it still benefits me now. Like it's still, 
you know, it's it's stayed with me. Like, you know, what are you grateful for today? Like, you know, those sort of things. Um, um, and uh, yeah, that 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 part of um, the journaling, journaling and and the gratitude jar, um, definitely um, gave me time to like honor James. Like, you know, um, and offload out of my brain, sort of like this. Uh, if, if I was upset or um, just, you know, I felt like journaling nearly took the load out of my brain, out of my body and just like onto the paper um, and, and you know, writing it down. Um, and yeah, that, that was really uh, helpful for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned before about your daughter, Lily, as well. Mm. How is she with everything? And does she often speak about her dad or ask questions? Yeah. So um, Lily, Lily's just turned six. So she's at that age where she's really, um, really got more insight now like mm. she's uh for a long time I felt like she would feel what I'm feeling so you know how kids will just like they'll constantly look at you for um the, for cues and for you know like all right well mommy like what am I feeling like today like how how am I feeling but now she's definitely got a mind yeah. of her own yeah. um and I think a lot of a lot of um Lily's memories are from what we remind her of yeah. so I was so mindful of that um in respect to my in-laws I think um we all nearly put pressure on her because she was the living James yeah. um and not meaning to but I think like a lot of the time when she was younger um yeah I think that she I don't think she realised exactly what was going on until now, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm actually grateful that she wasn't the age she is now, um, because I think yeah she would have known, you know, known a lot more. Um, but you know, I'll share a story from one from um, so Saturday we had a birthday and. Um, it was the first time that Lily and I have ever cried together. Like, um, yeah, like, like, like full on, um, you know, feeling it, like feeling the, uh, like we were feeling the absence of him, of James. Um, and yeah, like, and it just shows like that age, she's hitting this like age of like um, understanding and, and um, yeah, and, yeah, because I think I noticed how much she was hurting. Like, and that's an, I shouldn't say that because I, I don't want to put words in her mouth. But you know, with when you're with your kids, you just you can nearly feel what you can see what they're th- how they're thinking. You're like, oh my gosh, like I, you know, I see that you're longing for him today. You know, yeah. um, and it honestly, like I literally had to tell mum and dad on Monday because it was her actual birthday. Um, I said to mum and dad, like, oh my gosh, like Lily and I, I was putting her to bed on the weekend and um and she was like mommy like it's it's so not fair that he's not here and I was like oh, like, I was like oh I was not ready for that like I was not prepared um you know and she was like you know a few of the other daddies were at my party today and you know um you know we did had because of the COVID rules we couldn't have too many people around but people were dropping the kids off and um, to the park and 
even when we're at the park, you can um, you can see when kids are with their dad. She's like, oh, you know. But um, I've always really tried to be an open port of conversation with Lily about that. So I'm always like, hey, Lil, like if that's happening at the park, I'm like, hey, like, um, is that upsetting you? Like, are you, like, and I've even talked to my high school psychologist still now, and she's like, I don't think that's a that's not negative to ask her those things, but sometimes just like sit back and watch. Like you might just it might just be your own stuff, Beck. Like you you know. So I think like um, I'm still working it out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's right. I don't know what. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm still learning very much as we all are. But yeah, I think um, yeah about how to support her around those things. Um, but I'll say, yeah, so so Saturday night we had a big cry together. Like, yeah, just it was a real, you know how when you have a big cry, like it's like quite a release. Yeah. Um, it, and I actually, I was messaging in a group, in a group chat with some of my best friends um, just because I was meant to see them that night. Um, and and they were like, it's okay, but like I was literally just like, oh, my God, this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Like, you know, that we're actually having a cry. Like, this is literally, this is so something that I never thought I'd do with my six-year-old. Like, it was just like, wow. Um, but so she slept in my bed that night. We woke up the next morning, and I kid you not, the first thing she said to me, she woke up, as kids do, like, bing, the eyes open, touched my, touched my cheek. She's like, mummy, daddy's in your heart, and he's in mine too. And oh, I was like, my God. <gasps> Oh my god! I was like, Lily, thank you so much for saying that. Like, and but you know, and I'm like, oh my god, like, but I didn't know what to say. I was just like, oh my gosh, like I don't want her to worry about me. Like, you know, I was just, wow. They're amazing, aren't they? Like, kids are honestly just so amazing. Oh, I know. I just, I, I couldn't. And I've said those things to her before about daddy's in your heart, and but they just like she and she just brought it out at this time. Was that was just like. Okay. Oh wow. Uh, so yeah, that that was so special, um, you know, coming from Lily. Um, but there's, you know, there's lots of things about Lily too, where um, she'll make she'll make up songs about Daddy, or like, you know, she'll um, she'll you know pretend that he's like been in a in a room with her, and she'll tell me little stories and like things like that. Um, she she constantly brings up. She's losing teeth at the moment. Um, she constantly brings up that she has daddy's teeth um, because James used to always, um, as a kid, he had like these sort of, he caught, James called them dolphin teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like they were like like really like little teeth. Um, so when he grew up, his like teeth were so straight yeah. um, and all of his siblings needed braces, but James didn't. So he was like, well, you know, um, I had the dolphin teeth, so... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm all sorted. And Lily's just been told that along the line, as I was saying before, like she's been reminded of memories of James and like shown photos and she's constantly says, yeah, no, I've got, I've got daddy's um, dolphin teeth and, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's cute. It's, it's pretty cute. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and are you, are you open back to anyone like messaging you to reach out, you know, for somebody to chat to about, what you've been through and like where is the best place for them to find you if they wanted to have a little chat with you? 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely um, open for that. Um, I've got like an Instagram, which I'm happy for you to, to share. Um, you can just type in my name on Instagram. It's Rebecca Tate or um, it's under Becky Boo on Instagram. So definitely. Um, definitely. We'll put it up on, yeah. we'll put it up on yeah, our Instagram. We'll <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing your story and being so vulnerable. And like I said, I feel like, you know, somebody that's going through this right now feels like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. You're really going to give them the feeling that, you know, I'm sure life's never going to be the same again, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, oh, for sure. And, like, I think, yeah, a, a big a big part of, of what's happened with us is I've I've been able to connect with some amazing people, some beautiful, beautiful women, beautiful families. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm, I think you can't do any of this alone. And um, I think the supporting each other part of it is, is particularly in these days, um, you know, these times, um, I think social media and things can be so positive for that. And um, yeah, I'm I'm yeah really open to connect and support people because I was supported from from groups of people as well early on and still chat to lots of women around as well. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, definitely. And thank you so much as well for taking time out of your busy schedule. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very organised actually. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Oh, thank you, Beck. Well, guys. Far out. I don't even have any words. I literally just bawled my eyes out. I actually actually did not listen to the podcast. I had no words. No. I did not speak. No. And it's so freaking brave of Beck to come on and share her story. Um, She's I really. Like a, yeah, that's the superwoman lady. She is a superwoman lady. <laughs> Oh, I can't even imagine. And, you know, just so vulnerable. And she said to us, once we like stopped recording the conversation, we'd stay back and chat for a bit. And she said, this is the first time she's ever really shared everything on a public platform. Yeah, before. So we're all lucky that she did pretty much. Exactly right. So brave of her to share. And, you know, just by talking to her, you can tell she's just all about trying to help others. So we're not going to do our fork and good food because it just doesn't feel right no, <laughs> on no today's way. episode. We're going to end it here. Um, sending you guys all of our love. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will be back next Tuesday at 7am to have a chat. <laughs>